Welcome to Financial Fridays. I'm Bob Gustafson, a certified financial planner and the owner of the Triton Financial Group. Each episode is an excerpt from my radio show, The Financial Focus, where we answer questions from our listeners. Our goal is to help you increase your financial knowledge through these conversations of 10 minutes or less. Uh, here's one. Hi, Bob. I've been reading about college savings programs sure. and am somewhat familiar with 529 plans but never heard of Coverdell educational savings accounts mm-hmm. and wondered if you could compare and contrast. Sure. Oh, well, why don't we talk about uh, college savings in general, right? So the listeners asking about Coverdell in particular. And we've talked about 529 plans on the show before. So essentially, let's start with that. So 529 plans are a way to take after-tax money, inve- uh, put them in a plan, and invest the proceeds in a series of mutual funds. Um, that range from growth to conservative that you have control over. And, uh, you know, when you pull the money out, provided it's used for education, uh, qualified educational expenses, they are, um, they're, the distributions are free of any form of income taxation, which, uh, which makes it pretty beneficial. The benefits of the 529 are, one, you get the tax-deferred growth. Two, there's no income restriction on who can use them. So if you make $100 million a year, you can still put money into a 529 plan um, and get some tax benefits from it. Um, so it's a very, they're very good plans. We use them here all the time. Now, the Coverdell, on the other hand, um, is, also, is also a reasonable, a reasonable choice for a, uh, at least a, a small amount of college savings. The, uh, the amount you can put in each year is capped to like 2000 and uh, the downside is such that um, it's, it's limited to the amount of income. You know, uh, there's income restrictions, and they're on the lower side. So most people, especially the folks that we work with, uh, can't use these in the, in the first place. The way they're beneficial, there's, there's two ways, in my opinion, that they're, they're nice if you, can, if you can use them. And I'm not even sure that the, you know, it's, it's, they're that the differences are that great. First, um, the, you, you can invest the money any way you want. You can actually use individual stocks if you're inclined to, as opposed to mutual funds, um, so, which is something you can't do in 529 plans. They're all mutual funds or maybe ET, broadly diversified ETFs. But uh, um, not so much in Coverdell. You can use ETFs and mutual funds if you want, but you also have the added advantage of being able to use an individual stock. So if you wanted to buy Tesla inside of a, one of these Coverdell accounts, you, you could do that, whereas you couldn't do that in a 529 plan. So you've got that benefit. Um, and the other benefit is the definition of, of what the money can be used for is a little bit more liberal than it is under the 529 plan. So you've got you know a little bit of an advantage there. So on the one hand, you're limited in terms of the amount of money you can put in. You're limited to being able to use them if you make more than a certain amount of money. But on the plus side, you know, you get a little bit more liberality as it relates to what you can use the money for for college-related expenses. So all things being equal is, uh, is the fact that... <laughs> Is the fact that they're 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 restrictive in a sense, but for for some people they can be okay. Um, they it grows tax deferred like a five twenty nine, and you know if you pull it out and use the money for expenses, you don't have to pay taxes on the gain at all. So, 
Um, that's pretty much where they are. We don't use them a whole heck of a lot over here, not because I think they stink or anything like that. I think they can be good in the right set of circumstances. But you know what? Let's face it, 2K a year, how, how, how far is that going to get you? Um, so the 529 plans for more for most people are more, you know, are more beneficial. So that's basically where we are on that front. Um, listeners over time, John, have also asked, you know, what, what other types of college savings can you do that's, uh, you know, that's, that's beneficial. So we've got the 529s. We've talked about the Coverdell, uh, the Coverdell accounts. Um, some of the other things that you can do that we don't, we don't talk a lot about on the show, uh, most of them for good reason. Um, there, you know, some people, if you, you know, if you, if you're in a particular situation, seem to think that, uh, Life insurance, you know, cash value life insurance can be beneficial partly because supposedly the uh, the uh, colleges don't look at the cash value. Um, I think you got to be really, really careful with those. But if you want to, you know, talk about possibilities, it's like anything else, John. You know, anything can be possible, but you got to look at your own personal set of circumstances and make sure it actually works for you. Um, I, you know, some people may use. Um, Different forms of annuities um, to shelter to shelter money. Again, there you got to be real careful. Um, the, the way I would look at it, if you're going to consider using any insurance vehicle at all for college savings, I would not do so without talking to a certified financial planner first, because they don't work as often as they uh, as you may hear they do. Um, so. There's a lot of different ways to save for college. In my opinion, you know, the 529 is is uh, is probably one of the better ways for most of the people most of the time. But you know, uh, the Coverdell the Coverdell um, uh, plans they're also workable. They just can't put a whole heck of a lot of money into them. And if you make more than a certain amount, you can't use them in the first place. So there you have it. There's a lot of different ways to save for education, but I think by and large. The 529 is probably the most beneficial for most of the people most of the time. So, Bob, are you locked into using those funds as educational expenses only? You know, what happens yeah. if, say, you're planning on your child going to college and then they get out of high school and say, nope, I'm, uh, I'm becoming an apprentice uh, to the plumber down the street and I don't need to go to college. What, what, do, you, mm-hmm. are you, what do you do yeah. with the funds? Good question. Well, hey, there's a couple things, okay? So... The, the what defines um, a, a qualified educational expenses has become has become uh, more liberalized over the years. So you're you're starting to be able to use these things for situations like that, John. On the uh, you know becoming an apprentice, going to school for plumbing, or whatever it, whatever it might be. But let's say let's say at the end of the day, you end up with a lot of money left over in one of these things. What happens? Well, here's how it works. One. You could take retake possession of the money, and what's going to happen is you're going to pay a 10% penalty on the earnings portion in the in the 529, and then you're going to pay ordinary income taxes on the gain. So you take a little bit of a hit there. It's not horrible, but you do take a little bit of a hit. But some of the more creative ways to use them, um, if that is a situation you're in, is you can use it. You can change the beneficiary on it um, to another child. You could use it for you know, a niece or a nephew, you could use the money yourself if you want to, you know, further your own education. Um, Or you can even pass it on to the next generation, John. Leave it in the 529. If you don't need it, 
let it let the let the let it just keep compounding and compounding over the years and leave it to uh leave it to grandchildren that's a very popular strategy we've been using um for a while now for folks who um you know who either don't need money left over in the 529s or the ultimate goal is to pass them on um in the future to 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 grandchildren or something if you have the assets to be able to do that so there's there's some flexibility there but all th- but you know it's something something to consider uh, but you know, if you're if you've got younger children, um, and you're going to use a 529 plan, even if they don't go in the future, the tax deferred growth that you're getting on that money for you know 15, 20 years um, won't hurt you, um, even if you pay the penalty because it's only assessed against the earnings portion um, of the of you know the gain, um, and you get all those years of compound growth. So I don't think you're you're necessarily going to be harmed by putting money in a 529 plan if you get a long-term time horizon and uh, your children don't end up going to college. There's some ways. There's some ways around it. And what are those penalties, Bob? Is it 10 percent? Uh, yeah. Penalty on the gains only. Okay. Just on the gains, right? So let's say you put a hundred grand into a 529 plan of your after-tax money, right? You put it in yourself. Let's say it grows to 150. So the first hundred k that you put in, that's your own money. That's not gain. That's a return of your, uh, you know, your the amount you've invested. It's the fifty thousand dollar gain you're going to get whacked on. So you're going to pay a ten percent penalty assessed against that, which is five grand, right? And then you're going to pay taxes on top of that. So you get a, you get a penalty for for putting it in, but it's not it's not that substantial. Um, and if you've had the money in there for a long period of time. The tax deferred growth you got on the money probably offsets the uh, offsets the penalty, so you're not really in a worse in a worse situation than you otherwise would have been. That's good to know. It's not horrible, in other words. Yeah, it's, it's not, not great, it's but it's 5%. it's not it's not onerous. You know, it's not uh, it's not uh, a, a, a horrible situation. So, you know, all things being equal, I think. For most of the people, most of the time, utilizing the 529 plan um, is uh, is a really good way to go. If you're a you know if you're a lower income earner and have the ability to put money aside, you can think about using the the covered elves that they can be helpful there. But again, you're limited to the amount. Thank you for joining us today on our Financial Fridays podcast. I hope you found the information useful, and if so, feel free to share this podcast with people who may benefit from the topics discussed. Subscribe by visiting our website at financialfridays.com.